Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I am glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, two things before we get into today's episode. If you have not already done so, be sure that you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, share it with a friend or two or three. That is one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, for today's episode, I've got an incredible guest with us, someone who I've been looking forward to chatting with. He is also a fellow podcaster and content creator, and he's certainly someone who knows how to ball. Inside the huddle with us today and ready to help us to move the ball is Donovan Carter. Donovan is an actor who also played college football at UCLA. And as I mentioned, he's a fellow podcaster too, and we will talk about all of that and more on today's episode. Donovan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing being here. What's up, baller? I'm glad that you're here with us today. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> yes, yes. I wish I could have seen you when I was out in L.A. for Super Bowl weekend. That was a crazy, crazy weekend. It took me some time to recover, too, on the yeah, back end. I know. Yeah, me as well. Like, I'm like, man, I'm getting a little older these days. But, uh, yeah, we I had a good time. It was a great, great week. The Rams won, so I was happy. I think it's great for the city. Uh, it was good catching up with some people. Wish we could have bumped into each other too, but, you know, it's all good. Hopefully uh, sooner than later. Absolutely. There'll be plenty of other opportunities. I'm always out in, in L.A. and Southern for California. Sure. So you've been acting since you were really, really young. Talk to us. Let's start a conversation there. Talk to us about how did that come to be? Yeah, um, actually, I did. I did a play when I was 10 years old to kill a mockingbird. But um, I think it was just something just to, I was such a sports guy. You know, I played um, football, baseball, was always out with my friends. So it was just, I, I, I had a friend of my mom's that uh, they needed somebody for a part in the play. So she thought about me. And at the time, I um, I never did it before. I was like, you know, why not? I, I got a little time. It's summertime. I didn't know all the work that went into being in the play and the rehearsals, all that stuff. But it was fun, though. It was a good, it was a good opportunity. I think after that, I said, you know what, I'm going to put my acting career on hold. And I just wanted to just be a kid and, you know, continue to play sports and hang out with my friends and do that. And then, you know, God willing, I got another opportunity uh, after college to be in Ballers. And uh, it kind of, you know, was like a full circle thing. Sure. And you mentioned playing baseball and football. And one of the things I like to talk with competitive athletes about is that competitive athlete mentality and lessons that you learn from playing not only one sport, but multi-sports that help you to be successful in the sport as well as in business and in life. And so for you, what are some of the lessons that you've taken away from being an athlete? Many lessons, um, you know, work, working hard, my worth ethic, 
discipline, being a team, being a team player, team person, learning how to take direction, learning how to, you know, make mistakes and got to fix them fast, make adjustments fast. And also just, you know, just be kind of being in that moment. I feel like you practice, you prepare so much for what you're doing. But then when you have to, when you actually do it, you got to just clear your mind and just be confident in the work that you, uh, that you put in all this time and, you know, and just do, do what you're supposed to do and have fun. Sure. And you mentioned making adjustments. I mean, sometimes it's because we made mistakes. We have to make adjustments. Other times, just the circumstances require us to adapt and adjust. That's something that I, I wrote quite a bit about in my Move the Ball book is one of the lessons that I've learned from the sport of football. And so we've had to adjust quite a bit in the last couple of years because of this pandemic. Can you share with us some of the things that you've had to do differently because of this new environment that we've been in? Yeah, I think just getting used to just being to myself, you know, with with the pandemic and COVID, a lot of us had to stay at home. We couldn't travel. We couldn't really, you couldn't even see some of your family, your friends. So just being comfortable with just me in my own space, in my own skin, in my own house, and just, you know, just, just being proactive, finding time to do things, and also just being happy with the little things, you know? Yes. At the end of the day, just being appreciative, being grateful for the journey, just waking up, being healthy, not being sick. You know, I think we lost, you know, we lost a lot of, some of us lost some people in COVID that was, you know, family or friends. So I think just, you know, just, just, just enjoying the simple things in life. Yeah, I definitely think that this pandemic has made us appreciate those little things a little bit more because we've seen, as you mentioned, we've seen family members lost or friends that have succumbed to the virus. And so it makes us appreciate what we have a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about you playing college football for just a little bit. You got a full ride scholarship, UCLA defensive lineman. What was it like being a UCLA Bruin? I know you're very passionate and proud about that. So tell us about that experience. Yes, it was it was amazing. I was the type, you know, growing up, I never thought I was going to go to college, let alone UCLA. I wasn't the biggest school fan. So for me to be able to further my education and my playing career, man, was a blessing, man. You know, God is good. I'm just happy I chose UCLA because, you know, you're a kid, you know, you're 17, 16, whatever, 18 years old. You know, you're making a decision on the school that you go to and it's, it really impacts, you know, your whole life from here on in. It's one of the biggest decisions that you make. But uh, but I loved it. As soon as I stepped, when I stepped on campus, I fell in love with the campus, the tradition there. You know, we preach competitive greatness all the time. So I had, a, I had an amazing experience. Wish you would have won some more games, you know, played in played in the actual Rose Bowl game, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I, I made a great bond with my, with, my, with my teammates, my brothers, my coaches, some of my professors. I got my degree for free. You know, I got to graduate debt-free for having a full ride. It was work, though. A lot of early mornings, grinding and late nights, but um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's something, you know, like people will say all the time, man, college is some of the best years of your life, and I'm just glad I got to experience it. When you look back on your college career, what were some of the most impactful moments for you? I obviously beat SC my last year because I did I didn't beat SC my whole time to my redshirt senior year. So beating SC, we made it to a couple bowl games. That was fun. We played University of Texas at Texas. We played University of Tennessee at Tennessee. So just getting, you know, going to the SEC, going to their games, going to, you know, historic program like Texas and, and a stadium and, you know, they fans. And I mean, and, and, and just playing at the Rose Bowl, every home game, like 
I'm biased, but I think the Rose Bowl is one of the best stadiums in the country. And just be able to play at that stadium where, you know, legends have played and competed, you know, it was, it was, it was amazing. In life, there are so many things that, that are moments where we have learning opportunities, right? There are obstacles we have to overcome. There are things that don't go our way and we learn and grow from those experiences. Can you tell us about a time when you were back in UCLA that that happened for you? Yeah, absolutely. It was so much adversity. My, the coach actually recruited me, Carl Durrell, that offered me my scholarship. He got fired before I even got there. And then Rick Neuheisel got hired. And, you know, thank God he, you know, liked me and wanted to keep me around. So I ended up still being able to go to UCLA. They still honored my scholarship. And then, but during my whole tenure at UCLA, I had a different position coach, different defensive coordinator, which, you know, if you're not a football fan, it's basically like having like a new boss every year that, you know, didn't really, didn't recruit you, doesn't know anything about you. So it was kind of tough because I just had to always prove myself every year. I didn't know, I didn't learn a new playbook, new terminology, had to prove to these coaches that not only, not only just to start, just to be on the field and just to get in rotation. So that was tough, you know, going through that, going through the politics, you know, football. But, you know, thank God for my brothers and my, you know, my, and my teammates and my friends there that kind of kept me going. Because it was times, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to quit. You know, I was, I was crying because I'm just like, man, I'm waking up, I'm busting my butt every morning every day for a shot and I'm not getting, I wasn't getting a fair shot all the time, but I didn't let it discourage me. I said, you know what? I got here this far. I'm not a quitter. My father and my mother didn't raise a quitter. So I just had to see it through, but it was, you know, some tough times going through the adjustments. Like I said, with the coaching changes, but, uh, but I really feel like those times met, you know, made me a better man today. Sure. And I have a number of student athletes that will listen to the show as well. And as you know, I mean, in the world of football, coaching changes happen all the time, right? Not just at UCLA. And so what advice would you give to somebody who might be a student athlete and, you know, they're going into a new season, they're going to have new coaches? Like, how can they thrive? What, what things would you tell them? I would tell them, you know, just work, just keep working. The work will show. Maybe they might not see it right away. But just keep working. Don't get discouraged and always stay ready. My father would tell me all the time growing up when I was young, you know, stay ready. You never know when it's your time. And he was always right. Either it was an injury or somebody got injured or somebody, you know, gray situation or personal situation. So I would just tell him to stay ready and just keep working and, uh, and enjoy. You know, I told my, 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 my young friend today that went to you stay with me. I said, man, just enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the battle. You know, you just never know, but, you know, definitely stay ready. So you don't have to get ready like they say. Exactly. Yes. I was just about to say that. So like many young college football players, your goal was to get to the NFL afterwards. And I know that, uh, you know, you were looking to, uh, to get drafted, didn't get drafted, got picked up as a free agent with the Raiders, ended up getting cut. Talk to us about that process, what that was like for you. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was different. I didn't think I was going to get drafted, you know, so there, there was that, like, because some people I know, like, they really, they think they're going to get drafted, they wait draft day and they watch, and then they just, you know, it's heartbreak not hearing your name called. But I kind of figured, okay, my name's not going to be called, I'm going to go the free agent route, which was cool. Draft day was, you know, it was pretty lax, you know, I wasn't, I watched it a little bit, but I didn't, because I, I knew, like I said, I knew where I was going to fall at. And then once the draft was over, then I was like, okay, this is my time. So I got a couple calls from teams. Decided to choose the Raiders. They was in Oakland at the time, and, and they weren't good. So I was like, okay, this, I feel like I got a fair chance. Like, they didn't do good the year before. Everybody's position should be up. Like, this should be, you know, just competition. 
So I went up there for mini camp. I thought, you know, free, I thought free agent, like, oh, I'm going to be on a team, go to go to training, you know, be on the 90 man roster. But I only got signed to the mini camp. So for people that are coming up or that's watching us, you know, younger, you know, you go to mini camp is three days and you have to make that weekend to go to the to, to compete in the summer for training camp. So I did three days, did my thing. It was cool. You know, the playbook was crazy, but I'm blessed because, like I said, I had a different coaching change, different coordinator, different playbook every year. So it still took me some time to figure it out, but I was used to, like, new new playbooks all the time. So I just had to learn my plays, you know, competed, did the best I could do. At the end, coach brought us all together, you know, basically said thanks, no thanks. And, yeah, I was in my football career, man. I kind of, you know, it was definitely difficult. So I played football since I was nine. And at that time, I was about, you know, 23, 24. So, you know, half my life I've committed to playing this sport and then it was over. And I really didn't think I had a fair chance either. But, I mean, that's reality. And I got home, was a little depressed, kind of a little down because I just didn't know what I was going to do. I, I got my degree in history, but I wasn't planning on, you know, being a history teacher or historian or anything. I just wanted to get my, my degree at the end of the day. So it took me a time to kind of adjust, kind of adapt to these new changes, but I realized, you know what, I got to get out the house. Whatever I'm going to do is not in this house. I got to go, you know, I got to figure it out and I got to just hustle and got to grind. You know, I did that and then just always, but always kept an open mind. I didn't really think, you know, like I said, I did a play when I was 10. I never thought like acting was going to be, you know, a thing. I just was like, at the time I had nothing really going on. I had nothing to lose. And yeah, I just, you know, kept an open mind, man. And, you know, God is good. Just stay faithful. And he just brought me opportunities. No, I just always, always had a competitive attitude that I had when I was younger. Well, I think it's important to have an open mind because things happen no matter what profession we're in. There are circumstances that can come up that aren't what we expect, right? We could lose our job, for example, especially in the pandemic. A lot of people ended up losing their jobs. And so they had to think about what's next for me. And by having an open mind, that opens up your possibilities, right? And so I think that's a great way for people to always remember, no matter what you're going through, stay open-minded so that you can explore what could be ahead. Right, or if, if whatever you love, you know, it might be far-fetched or crazy to you. I'll just say whatever you got a passion for, whatever you love, you know, go after it. Like, you know, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? Your dreams might come true. That's what I'll say. Absolutely. So we have to talk about ballers on the show, of course. And, you know, first off, I have to say that I was a big fan of the show. Kudos to you and the entire cast on a job well done. Excellent. Outstanding. Not just well done. And something that you don't know, nor does my audience know. But as I was getting ready to leave my corporate job to venture into this world of entrepreneurship, the show Ballers actually played a really, really influential role for me and was a big motivator. I mean, entrepreneurship is tough. As we all know, the highs are high the lows are pretty low. And so that show helped keep me going when I needed just a little extra energy and a push. So I would literally open my laptop, pop on the show, and I would watch it while working. And it would just give me a huge energy boost. So I just wanted you to know that. And listeners, I mean, it's a, it's a great show. You guys did a fantastic job. Thank you so much. It was a positive influence on people's lives. And we had an amazing, such a fun time shooting this show. I, I mean, you might can tell watching it, but yeah, I just, I, I always love, you know, talking about ballers because it's an amazing experience. I mean, we had a good time. I think it was a great learning lesson and tool for people, you know, young people coming up, but maybe some people don't even know about football at all. 
think it, I think it kind of you know touched on a lot of different things. But I, I thank you for watching it. I'm glad it you know influenced you, and you know you're doing what you're doing now. Of course, and I still watch it to this day. I've watched the entire all five seasons like oh, wow. countless times. So wow. yes, it is definitely played. I remember a friend of mine years ago was like, "Jen, have you watched Ballers?" I'm like, "No, I know of it." He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "You got to watch it, and you're gonna love it." And I have watched it many, many times over. So in fact, now I'm getting, I'm letting people know how goofy I am. Every time I would fly, I would look to see if in the in-flight entertainment, if they had ballers on as an option and I would watch it. If, if they did, I would watch it. So um, just shows you how much of a fan I was of the show and just the impact it had. Um, oh, I'm you. very much a football person through and through as my listeners know. And so just that environment, I'm so used to that world. And so anyway, it gave me, it gave me a huge energy boost. So let's talk about the show ran from 2015 to 2019. I know you went to a casting call to, to get the role. Talk to us about what was your experience like that first season, season one, you're kind of getting to know your teammates, your cast members. What was that like for you? Man, it was crazy because everything was just, all, it's just so new. And we in Miami, I've never been to Miami. It's a beautiful city. We had an amazing time. So I'm just trying to take everything in and then also like, like I said, compete because all my co-stars, my castmates, they all are seasoned, well-known actors. So my thing was always like, you know, just do your best. You have a job, the weak link on the, on the cast. Like I just wanted to hold my own and make sure I did what I was supposed to do. But everybody was so like welcoming and everybody was so patient with me and like just helped me along my journey. And it was just really like, it's really like cool to see because I feel like sometimes you you attack new things or you do new things, and, and it's tough. But you gotta you know you gotta pay attention to the little things and the signs and just people help you along the way, which was which was amazing. And uh, and then you know once the show came out, man, people you know if, you know I don't know if it was a hit right away, but people really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the response. I enjoyed you know the feedback, the the, the kind of best friend in the, um in the first season. So it was like, you know, it was just it was just cool just hearing people feedback from 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 the fans. Sure. Like I said, I enjoyed the the entire series, not just the first season. Yeah. But yeah, it was great to see. I was glad that it went on for as long as it did. I wish it would have gone on longer. Us too. Us too. Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole cast. I mean, it was it was I, I'm used to like attention because, you know, I was a football player. I'm not a, I'm not a small guy. I'm a Leo as well. But it's just different when you like on TV, like people kind of like, like, especially the first season, they just like, man, like everybody's like, where do I know you from? You look familiar. TV is different than movies because TV, you know, you're in the comfort of your home or you're on your couch in your bed. So it's like you with a friend, you know, movie, you got to go out. It's an outing, you get dressed, you go to the movie theater. So a lot of people thought like, did we go to school together? Were we friends? So it was just, it was just cool, you know, just getting like, the attention and you know it was, it was just it's always been love like everybody always says great things and my character was a cool character so everybody you know everybody always had nice things to say which was a blessing oh that's awesome so what was one of your favorite scenes to film during the series oh man i would probably say the first scene i ever did on the pilot because that was my first time acting it was just crazy it's all these lights and all these people around because the whole time audition is just in a room, you know, with the casting director or some of the producers and writers. So we like, we got the, I'm at the real set. It's just crazy. Just seeing all this whole thing, just coming to coming to play. And also my favorite, my other favorite scene was episode three of season one. We on the boat and we have a party on the boat. And that was, that was just amazing. Cause, cause like I always loved it when 
the whole cast was together. Because a lot of times on the show, if you don't if you if you don't film a scene with this person, you might not even see them the whole season or whatever. So when we when we we actually had like everybody on the cast on that on that episode, so it was just cool to just see everybody. We just hanging out and we you know it was like we just hanging out at a barbecue or something. But we at work, you know. And so let's talk about London Brown, who was yeah. with you in a lot of scenes. London played Reggie on the show. How was that like working with him, especially in the first season? And how did your relationship grow throughout the series? Man, it's cool, man. I just hit London up today, actually, because I haven't talked to him in a minute. I said, man, let me tap in with my guy, say what up. But, uh, man, it was cool because originally he, like, he wasn't there. Because, like, I did the pilot. I did my audition process. I did the pilot. He wasn't there yet. And then when the show got picked up, then London started coming around. So I was doing chem- I was doing chemistry readings with him while he's going through the audition process. But me and him kind of hit it off. He's from California as well. He's a Southern California guy from Los Angeles. I'm from Southern Cal. So we, you know, we 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 just we just related with each other. We the same age. We like the same stuff, same music, kind of same thing. So me and him kind of clicked, and we kind of hung out. A little bit, because you know, I'm, my thing is like, man, we got if we best friends in the show, we need to really hang out in real life, so we kind of get to know each other. But he's such a great actor, so talented, man, one of the humblest guys I know, hardworking. So he really just made my job a lot, made my job easy, because he because he brought it every day, and I was like, okay, all I got to do is just focus on Vernon and me, and I know Lennon's gonna be a great Reggie, and I just got to be a great Vernon, and and you know, I feel like we made magic, man. I mean, we. Somebody the other day on Twitter was like, man, I wish you and London had your own uh, own show on the side, which I'm like, would have been, you know, would have been amazing. But it was uh, it was really cool working with him because he he's been in the business. But I feel like this is kind of his first. That was like his first thing to kind of like people kind of notice him and just seeing the work he put in, you know, prior to Ballers and just the work ethic and everything he's done to get to this point. Like it was just, you know, it was just amazing just watching him work and still watching him grow as well. He's on one of the powers, the spinoffs, and just watching him take on these new, this new character, just, you know, just motivating to watch him. Well, since you talked about having a Reggie and Vernon sideshow, that could be a future project when you guys have some free time. I bet you get a lot of people that would be interested in that. Yeah, yeah, I wish, I wish, you know, we'll, we'll throw it out the universe, you know, you never know. You never, you never know what sticks, right? Right, right. So, yeah, on this podcast, we talk about business and branding. And as an actor, as someone that's a public figure, you have a brand that you are representing out there. So talk to us about what are some of the things that you think are important when it comes to being a public figure and making sure that you're you're sticking true to your brand? Yeah, I think I think always be authentic. You know, you have your brand, which is, you know, a big thing. And you want to make sure that you're doing the right things to represent yourself and your brand. But I think also just staying true to you, staying true to yourself and being authentic because a lot of people do things and it's not really them. You can tell. So I just think whatever your brand is, you know, stay true to you. Find things that you like, that, you, that you're interested in, that you have a passion for and go after that. And then if you want to pick up on new traits or new skills along the way, that's cool too. You know, be, be open-minded like we said earlier. But I think, you know, just always be you because that's what people want to see. That's what people hire you for. That's what we want to be around. They want to. They want to be you. We got. We. It's a. It's a. However many people on this earth, but it's only one of you. And you know, just 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 be just be original. Keep it authentic. Yeah, and I think something that's important for people to remember is a. We all have a brand. Whether you're you know in the public eye, 
yes. on a consistent basis or not, right? So everybody has to be managing their brand, but also people are looking to relate to people that they can connect with on some some level, right? So it could be a story in your background, some experience, some struggle that you've gone through. Like it's important to put those things out as your authentic self, like you mentioned. So that way people can get to know you and can form their opinions if, if they want to connect with you, do business with you, hire you for a project or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with it more, man. I think just, yeah, just be true to you. And, you know, like in Spider-Man, great, with great power comes great responsibility. So also know like, you represent the future and people looking up to you. And, you know, if that's kids or that's adults, you know, just know like it's, it's bigger than you at the end of the day with your legacy and whatever you do can impact, you know, somebody good and bad. Absolutely. And I think with social media, it, it's so easy for everybody to have an influence today across the nation, globally, whatever, because all you got to do is, you know, post something or go live or whatever, and you never know who's watching and who you can be impacting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it made me remember there was one time I do a lot of LinkedIn lives and uh, I was at the NFL combine a couple of years ago and I went live that morning. And then later in the day I'm at the Omni hotel, someone comes up to me, a guy that used to play in the league. And he's like, Hey, he's like, I just want to introduce myself to you. And I was like, me, <laughs> you know, there's other people at the combine that people are, are looking for, not me. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I saw you go live this morning. And I just wanted to let you know, I've been following your brand for the last few years. And oh, of wow. course I was just like, jumping up and down inside. But like, you just never know the impact, right? That you're making on people and who's watching. Yeah, you, you're right. You, you never know. You never know. And it's and it's like you said, it's a beautiful thing when people come up to you and recognize you know, for your work and what you've been doing. Like, it's really, it's really just really just a blessing. Like, people just pay, you know, pay attention to what you're doing and what you're putting out here. And when there are positive things to say, like, it's, it's nothing like it. Absolutely. Yes. And another thing that I think is important for people to think about is their network. Like, who do you know and who knows about you? Because that's very important when it comes to having career opportunities, business opportunities, fun projects to work on, all of it. And so it's something that I, I talk about a lot. I do a lot of talks in, in college settings to college students, young, mid-career professionals about the importance of networking. And so can you share with us, how has your network helped you to have incredible opportunities. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't have said it more. Your network is, is everything. I mean, in business, personal life, you know, whatever. Like, you know, just the more people you know and that know you, I think is the better. It's, it's better. Not everybody is your friend, but, you know, the more people that know you, I think it, it's, it's, it's an advantage. And even for me with Ballers, my network through my coaches at UCLA, that's what got me my opportunity for the role. You know, the cast and record sent it to UCLA, which they parlayed it to me, my former teammates, and if it wasn't for me just networking, keeping in touch with my coaches, being a good person too. I've seen some of, some of my former teammates, I don't see them talk to some of these coaches crazy. And it's like, you just never know what this person can do for you. It's not, it's not to, you know, kiss anybody's butt because you have to use them, but it's just like, why would somebody do you a favor if you're not a good person to them at the end of the day? But that's what I'm saying. To, that's what I said earlier, just be authentic to you. And, you know, and, and if you're a good person, you know, treat, treat people how you want to be treated. And even to this day, everything's been about my network. You know, all my opportunities I've got have been honestly just through people I've met, people I've known. And thank God, you know, they, they've thought about me when things come up. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about is, am I, am I doing enough to network? And it's about building authentic, quality relationships with people. It's not just about, oh, I want to connect with somebody because what they can do for me. It's about mutually serving 
providing value both directions and building great relationships. Donovan, one of the things that I mentioned earlier in the show is you are a fellow podcaster as well. You have a show that's called I'm Supposed to Be Here. Talk to us about what made you want to get into podcasting. Yes. I mean, obviously during the pandemic, just didn't really have a lot of opportunities, a lot of things going on. So, and everybody I knew was having a podcast. And also some of my friends was telling me like, you should do a podcast. You know, I think, I think also like when people like keep telling you something, you should listen to it. Like even like with Baller, people would tell me on my team, they'd be like, man, you're funny, man. You should be on TV. But I, you know, of course you don't, if you never did it, it just kind of, it doesn't click you like what? Like, I don't know if I'll be good at that, you know, but I think if people keep reiterating that, you know, you should, you should take it in. But same thing with the podcast. People's like, man, you funny. You should, you should, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. So I was like, you know, it's the pandemic. No, there was no, no filming, no auditions. So I was, and then to me, I was like, man, I just want to like work on my craft. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't go to acting class as well at the time. So I was like, man, what can I do to work on my craft? So I was like, okay, let me do this podcast. You know, I'm, I'm on, I'm on camera. I'm talking, I'm being myself you know, you get to express your feelings. Because I think at that time, so much stuff was kind of locked in internal and just being an athlete. And, you know, you don't really get to express yourself, you know, or, or your feelings or your emotions. So I said, you know what? You know, why not? Let, 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 let's do it. Let's see how it goes. And yeah, I started, uh, I think I started in 2000, like like summer 2020, like going into the fall. I did one season of it. I've one season so far. It's on... Um, all the podcast outlets and I have a, I have video on YouTube as well. So, you know, just kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm big about everybody has a story. You know, I have a story, you have a story. So I was like, you know, telling my story, getting some of my friends, some of my peers that I respected to come on there, tell their story and just, you know, just kind of just motivate people and talk a little smack, talk a little sports, you know, talking about current events, you know, just, just, just talking about life. And I just feel like we, sometimes you need to do that. You need to vent and just talk about life sometimes. Sure. And we talked earlier in the show about being open-minded, right? So for you, you hadn't thought about doing podcasting. People mentioned it to you. We're in this pandemic. And so you thought, you know what? Why not give it a go and see where it goes? And I love that because I think people, sometimes people get so closed-minded and focused on what it is they're doing instead of exploring possibilities. I mean, even with this show, people had been mentioning to me for a while before I did it, you should do a podcast. And I was like, ah, no, everyone's got one. <laughs> and so people kept uh, mentioning, I'm like, well, you know what, let's give it a go. And so now we're in season three of the show. It's been incredible. To your point, everybody has a story and it's been amazing getting to have great guests like yourself on the show, sharing about your story and lessons and insights that you've learned in your experiences. So yeah, it's an, it's an amazing thing to be able to bring content as a podcaster out into uh, into the digital space. Yes. And it's been cool, like, listening to other people's podcasts and, you know, just seeing the progressions of some of my friends that got podcasts now. So we're just in a different space now in, like, different world. So I'm just glad I, I'm glad I jumped in and, you know, because it's always tough when, like, you jump in with, like, like, not everybody has a podcast. But I'm glad I got my, you know, I got my foot in the door. And I'm um, definitely going to pick it up. Trying, You know, I'm, the my thing right now is just collaborate with more people because, you know, that's what I'm learning on my journey is it's just hard. You want to do everything by yourself, but it's just hard. You, it's impossible. You can't. So you're going to need you're going to need help. It's just getting the right help. So that's my thing now with my next season or or maybe start a new one is just, you know, collaborating with some people and, you know, just take it to the next level. Because I'm the type of I'm going to do something 
I want to do it right and I want it to be good. You know, it don't make no sense to like, you know, do it half ass or, you know, don't. I'm learning too. It don't have to be like crazy expensive either. But you just want it to look right. It's a representation of you and your and your brand, like we said. Absolutely. It it absolutely is a representation of you and your brand. And so you want it to be high quality, on point, and collaborations are a great way to do that as well. And it's a good networking vehicle as well, since we were talking about networking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You'd be surprised, you know, you think like, oh, never did a podcast, where do I start? But you know, once once you get going, you figure out the flow. I mean, most people, a lot of people never even been on a podcast. So, you know, you ask them and they would love to do it. They're like, what? They like, yeah, they like flatter. So it's been cool. And we'll be sure to have your show in our show notes, all your social links so people can go take a listen to your podcast, check you out on YouTube, subscribe to your channel as well. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So Donovan, what I want to do now is run you through my two minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Yes. All right. First question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Honestly, when I was 10 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I just wanted to be a kid. <laughs> That's important too. Stay up late and eat, eat candy all day <laughs> and not go to school. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate the honesty. Next question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? In a sentence or just separate words? Separate words. So like if you were thinking of like you and your brand, like what three okay. words would you use? I would say funny. This is a good question. Hold on. I would say I would say funny goes with the flow and we're going to eat. We're going to eat some. We're going to have some good food. All right. What is one thing most people don't know about you? Ooh, that's a good one. I think I'm not a perfectionist, but like when I do something like, like I said, that's be done, right? Like I, it just bothers me if like, it's not close to perfect. Like Taz, I do something like I got to do it till I'm like satisfied or I'm just, it, it's just like an obsession thing. <laughs> I understand. How about if you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Any, anything by future. I'm a future fan. From Atlanta, so any song by Future, I'm 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 rocking with. I'm good. What book are you currently reading, or what podcast are you currently listening to? Book I am reading the Bible and Charlemagne the God's his book. I've been reading that. Okay. Next question is: You are hosting a dinner party, and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose, and why? Oh man, I'll make sure I pick the right one because. I forgot his name. Buddy from Washington, he said his question. He picked the wrong person. They was on it. I would pick my grandmother. I would pick Martin Luther King Jr. And I would pick also Kobe Bryant. Three great choices. My last question is, do you sing in the shower? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. Depends on the song. But yeah, if it's something I'm rocking to, yeah, I'll sing. I might spit a couple bars too, you know, <laughs> if I'm in the right mood. Yeah, if I'm in the right mood, yeah. I'm a music person, so I'm I'm always listening to music in the shower. I hate it when people call me because now the music stops. And I'm like, uh, it's messing up my whole flow. You put on Do Not Disturb, then they can't call you. Oh, that's a good one. Dang, thank you. I need that. I need that. Every once in a while, I come up with a good idea. I need that. I never even thought about that. You're a genius. Thank you. Thank you. 
So as we look to close our show, let people know, where can they follow you? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, Donovan W. Carter. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at DC Soulfly 90 And my YouTube channel is Donovan Carter. And yeah, just tap in with me. You know, I'm, I'm on IG. I post sometime. I tweet sometime. I'm a streamer. So play Call of Duty on Twitch. If you want to watch me play a little games, I'm all for it. Perfect. And we will have all of those in the show notes so people can connect with you as well. Donovan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. I really appreciate it. And thanks again to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode, again, please share it with someone else who you think would find the show to be of value. And lastly, we have been talking about networking as well as part of the show. In the show notes, I do have a link where you can sign up to join me in my video series. I do a five-day virtual networking training camp where I give you tips on how to be a better networker. So go check that out in the show notes as well and sign up. It is free. So no excuses. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.